We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you. As always, for locking in today, whether you're watching this on YouTube or whether you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from, I appreciate you all. Uh, today is Friday. Well, the audio version of this will be dropping on Friday. I'm actually recording this on uh, Thursday. Um, if you watch the show regularly, uh, no live from Imperial Pizza Show for this Friday. It's not going to be something we do every week going forward. We'll probably have that um, a couple times a month. Depending on who the guest is. I, I want to save having live from Imperial shows, those in-person shows where fans get to come out and meet the guests. For when I have really good guests, man, um, I, I don't want to overdo it. Doing a solo episode today won't be a long one. I know I've been saying that a lot, and it seems like every single time I do one of these uh, solo episodes, it ends up going 20 minutes longer than I want. So I want to make a concerted effort to keep this episode today short and tight. Um, on Wednesday's show with Anthony Marino from Buffalo Rumblings, uh, we dedicated a, a big chunk of that episode to five things that concern me about Buffalo Bills training camp. Um, for a little bit of perspective, training camp, well, now it's officially over in Rochester. I got an opportunity to go to five practices in total. So I haven't been there every day, but I have been there a lot and I've seen a lot. And on Wednesday, like I said, I spent some time talking about some of the biggest concerns I had about this football team based purely on what I've seen with my own eyes, my own observations through training camp. So today going to flip the switch here, so to speak. And I'm going to focus on five things that I've liked the most about Buffalo Bills training camp 2023. And there's a whole lot to like. So um, stick around for that. Before we get going real quick, if you're not already subscribed to this YouTube channel, if you're watching this video on YouTube, please make sure you like, subscribe, leave a comment, all that stuff really helps me continue to, uh, to grow this show. 
And of course, like I said, on the audio side, and I know that's where most people consume this podcast is on the audio side. Make sure if you're not already subscribed um, that you are. And like I said, I'm starting to do, you'll see why soon enough, but I'm starting to do one or two solo episodes here per week. It's a different vibe for me. It's a, it's a different, uh, well, it makes the whole show different. Kind of bear with me a little bit. Hopefully, like I said, if you've been watching the show for, you know, for a long time, you'll kind of bear with me as I get a little bit used to doing one or two of these per week solo. Still the majority of these, the vast majority of these talking Buffalo podcast episodes are going to be with the guests. I still like doing those far away uh, the most. I feel like the strength of the show is having a guest on and having um, interesting and informative conversations with my guests. But like I said, for a couple of reasons, I'm starting to work in a couple of solo shows. So just bear with me a little bit as I get used to this. And I'll tell you real quick too, major props. And I, I've said this a few times previously, but it's not until you start trying to do some of these episodes um, solo where you really gain an appreciation for the people out there who do these solo and do them well. You know, Joe Marino from Lockdown Bills puts out a show five days a week and the vast majority of his episodes are solo. Um, just major props to him. I don't know how he does it. And he does it so well. And there's some other people out there as well. Anyway, I'm kind of just kind of working my way into doing a few of these not going to sit here and blab anymore. I'm going to get right down to business. Like I said at the top, man, I, I don't want to have these episodes be very long. Uh, I want to give you guys some information and some thoughts and some perspective and then get out of here. And today I am focused on five things I've liked most about Buffalo Bills training camp. Uh, the first one, and I will kind of go like from five down to one. So I would say number five, I sense a more aggressive maybe not aggressive, certainly a more complex um, offensive and defensive system being put in place, game plans compared to a year ago. Now, of course, on the offensive side of the football, Ken Dorsey is in his second year as offensive coordinator, so you would expect some growth from year one to year two. And then on the defensive side, Leslie Frazier is out as defensive coordinator, and Sean McDermott is taking over play-calling duties. On the defensive side, without getting into a long spiel about how I felt about Leslie Frazier as Bill's defensive coordinator, I thought he was a great leader of men. I thought he had this team prepared to play almost every week during his tenure as Bill's defensive coordinator. I felt like the Bills rarely, if ever, beat themselves on defense. Like when they played inferior teams or rookie quarterbacks, they really feasted on them. And that's a credit to the defensive coordinator just having this team ready to play every week. However, and I'm sure a lot of you feel the same way, my biggest gripe with Leslie Frazier, in part Leslie Frazier, and I'm sure Sean McDermott um, deserves some blame as well as the, the, the positional coaches and the players, quite frankly. But their elimination losses in the playoffs the last couple of years, the defense was just utterly pathetic. It was pathetic in Kansas City in the 13-second game, and the defense just flat out, with the exception of Matt Milano and actually Kyrie Elam, I've, I've said this many times, those two guys, I feel like the defense didn't even bother to show up in Orchard Park against Cincinnati last year when the Bills got embarrassed on their home field. So anyway, Leslie Frazier's out, and Sean McDermott's in, and I'm sensing, based on practice, and I mean, look, we're going to have to wait to see during a regular season 
if this turns out to be accurate. But I, I get a sense that this defense is going to be more aggressive. I've seen more blitzing at training camp. And I'm no training camp expert. Like, I haven't been going to five, six, seven practices every training camp for a number of years. So I don't have a lot of practices in recent years to really compare this to. I just get a sense that this defense has been more aggressive at training camp. They're blitzing more. As we all know, there's a competition going on right now at middle linebacker between Dotson and Terrell Bernard. I just feel like we're seeing more aggressive pass rush, and I feel like it's going to translate into the season. Um, we don't know what Taylor Rapp is going to have a big part. I think he's going to have a, a pretty big part in this defense, even though he's technically not a starter. Um, I think you might see him with Matt Milano, where Milano is the only linebacker on the field. I just I get a sense that the Bills are going to do a lot more uh, diverse things on defense, and a lot of it being aggressive. I, I'd like to think I'm optimistic that when the Bills are playing good teams, whether it's in a regular season or obviously especially the playoffs, and if this defense goes down, they're going to go down swinging. They're not going to let the offense dictate to them what's going on on the football field, such has been the case the last two, actually three years in the Buffalo Bills playoff losses. So I kind of like that on the defensive side. And then on the offensive side, and again, and let me preface this, it's far too early to really tell when you haven't had any regular season or even preseason game tape to go by. But what I've noticed at camp, the team, uh, th this team is throwing the football a lot, and that's not going to change. I don't necessarily think they're going to run the football more. Obviously, the goal is to run the football more effectively. But what I feel like I'm seeing that's in camp this year that's different than what I saw during the regular season is a lot more personnel usage, uh, a lot more uh, various formations. And of course, part of that is the Bills using a first-round um, draft pick on a tight end, Dalton Kincaid. I've noticed that there's a lot of uh, two tight end sets, but it's not even just two tight end sets. It's like two tight end sets, but with the guys lined up in different formations. Sometimes Kincaid is a big slot. Sometimes he's a second in-line tight end. Sometimes he's playing off the left or the right hip of Dawson Knox. In some formations, they're doing a lot of different things like that. They're running a lot more motion. And then when it comes to the receivers, right now, it, it looks early on, and it, let me emphasize that, early on, Khalil Shakir seems to be that guy who's probably going to be when the Bills go to three wide receivers and there's not two tight ends on the field. I think Shakir might be the guy who's getting those first reps as that slot receiver. But Trent Shurfield has really come on big time at camp. Deontay Hardy has done some good things. That might be a week-by-week -week game plan type of thing or who's the hot guy, they'll ride the hot hand when it comes to that. But I'm just seeing, besides throwing the football a lot, which the Bills have always done since Josh Allen's been quarterback, what I'm seeing more and more of is motion, different sets, different formations, different alignments from these formations. And uh, again, going into Ken Dorsey's second year, it's pretty exciting to see. So I'm optimistic. I sense a more aggressive and diverse uh packaging with the offense and the defense on both sides of the field. So that's one thing. Um, number two, well, I guess four for counting down here. I really, it's tough. I've talked about this on the show over the last week or so. It, it's tough for me to really break down offensive and defense alignment. I, I just, there's a, I have a limited bit, a limited amount of knowledge on, on drills they do and what they're supposed to do in certain schemes and how they look. So I can't put too much 
into training camp when it comes to the trenches. But I will say, of all the guys on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball, I'm talking about the lines, the trenches, that has really stood out to me more than anybody else through training camp has been uh, Gregory Rizzo. Uh, Rizzo is going into year three, four sacks as a rookie, eight sacks last year, and that's despite missing four games uh, near the end of the season with this high ankle sprain, and that was without Vaughn Miller for the second half of the year where a lot more attention was paid to uh, Rizzo once Vaughn Miller went down. I don't know. I just see him eating up people throughout camp. I've seen him embarrass Deion Dawkins in some reps. I uh, diddle with Spencer Brown. Don't even get me started when Quisenberry or, or Brandon Shell were there working with the second team against Rizzo. He's done it some his first couple of years. It seems to me maybe a little bit more this year. He's lining up inside, so that makes him even more versatile for this defense. I just, he's going into year three, and if you ask me, well, there's two players, one on each side. I'm going to get to the other one here in just a second. But if you ask me who I think has that star potential, the uh, the potential to really be a breakout type of player this season, defense, I, I definitely don't even hesitate to to say uh, Greg Rizzo. I really like the way he's looked at camp. He looks strong. He looks quick. Obviously, he looks healthy. We saw a big difference in his game last year with the uh, high ankle sprain. So now that he's healthy, he's just had a very, um, he's had a fantastic camp. Uh, I'm really excited about seeing him play this year. And when Vaughn Miller's back, obviously, he'll even have less attention played, which and more on this in a minute as well, too. Uh, Leonard Floyd, the addition to him. I, I like the defensive end spot. I think this potentially could be a, a, a team that that is really good this year on the in the front four. And I think Greg Rizzo is going to be the catalyst for that. I know Vaughn Miller is the best player. And once he's back and 100% healthy, you know, hopefully he'll he'll take this defense to another level. I'm just really, really, really high based on what I've seen at camp so far this year with um, Greg Rizzo. All right, one more, then we'll take a quick break. So I was talking about a guy on the defense who's really stood out to me and feels like an emerging player. Offensive side, I'm going to go with James Cook. I think potentially I, I, I look at James Cook and, and I see a player like Tony Pollard from the Dallas Cowboys. And not necessarily that their styles are identical, but I'm talking about that leap, that growth that Tony Pollard has had with the Dallas Cowboys. I look at James Cook and the camp he's had, and I kind of see a little bit of that Tony Pollard potential uh, with James. Pollard went from, I got the stats here in front of me. I want to make sure I get this right. Went from 101 to 130 carries last year, and he ran for over 1,000 yards, uh, 1,007 yards to be exact. He averaged 5.2 yards per carry. And then he had 39 catches for 371 yards in 12 total touchdowns. He kind of, Tony Pollard kind of broke away from that uh, Zeke Elliott split that Dallas had going on and became a star running back in his own right. Now, this was Pollard last year, his fourth year in the league, whereas Cook is only going into year two. But I look back to last year with James Cook, 89 carries, 507 yards, 5.7 yards per carry. And 21 catches, 181 yards as a rookie. 
fairly impressive numbers as a rookie, but of course he was not the starter and he was kind of locked into a timeshare with Devin Singletary, where Devin Singletary was that 1A and James Cook was that 1B, or depend on the situation, he was the number two running back. Well, this year, of course, from day one of training camp, James Cook has been the number one running back. And I just, I don't know. I, I mean, we saw some of the traits already as a rookie last year, the, the patience that he has, and then the burst when he's getting through the line. He just, he looks really strong running the football. And again, I know it's a little bit easier to, to run the football strong and with purpose when you know that you're not going to get popped at practice. You know that Greg Rizzo or Matt Milano is not putting 100% into you and is not going to try to knock your lights out like an opponent will do during a real game. So I get that. But it just feels to me like he's running fast. He's got great vision. He's running with purpose. And we knew this coming out of college, his hands. He's got really good hands, um, just running really good routes at practice. There are a couple of wheel routes that would have been touchdowns that I seen a couple of practices uh, during training camp. I'm trying to think of, oh, Saran Neal, I remember now. He got matched up with Saran Neal, and he ran a, a wheel route, and it just, poor Saran, man, he just absolutely embarrassed him. So anyway, James Cook has been, to me, lights out. Um, the real competition is behind him between Damian Harris and, and Latavius Murray right now for who's going to back him up. But regardless of who it is, uh, I see I see big things from James Cook this year. I've been really super impressed with him throughout training camp. And uh, you know, one more quick little bold prediction here, I should say. If you're a fantasy football player, guys or girls out there, I don't know what his draft status is, what his ADP is right now. When it comes to fantasy football drafts, but I'll tell you, I feel pretty confident in telling you whatever it is, you may want to draft him earlier. He's the kind of guy who should be drafted early in fantasy football drafts this year. I just see a really big year from him based on what I saw from training camp. It has me uh, real excited. All right, let's take a real quick break. I'm going to come back and a couple more things that I'm most pleased about when it comes to the Buffalo Bills and 2023 training camp. Now that it's concluded. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back here. Five best things about Buffalo Bills training camp 2023. And again, if you're watching this video on the YouTube side, please, 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 if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to that like button comment. It really helps us continue to grow this show. All right, so I talked about a lot of the on-field stuff through training camp, whether it's schemes and formations and aggressiveness, uh, both on the offensive or defensive side. We talked about Greg Rizzo having a really spectacular camp, looking good on the defensive side. James Cook looking really, really good on the offensive side. My number two thing that I've liked the most about camp is a little bit on the field, but more so off it, and that's Stephon Diggs. Um, I feel like Stephon Diggs has uh, looked obviously really good, but it, it just it feels to me like he's happy, like he's in a really good place. And that sounds like a really mundane thing to say. But we saw this offseason. We saw how it unfolded. We saw how the playoffs ended last year. We know how unhappy Stefan Diggs was with whether it was the coaches, whether it was the play calling, whether it was the implementation of the game plan, whether it was Josh Allen, a variety of things. We know how unhappy Stefan Diggs was. We saw the drama unfold during the offseason um, on social media, Instagram, Stefan not coming to OTAs, which, by the way, I, I will say too, none of this in hindsight was a really big deal, although we made a really big deal of it at the time. And to some extent, I feel for good reason. I mean, this is a leader, a captain of the football team, and he was clearly unhappy and in no mood to talk to anybody. So anyway, the time, kind of a big deal. In hindsight, not so much. But anyway, no, uh, no OTAs. He misses the first day of minicamp, doesn't talk. Um, we find out the first day of camp, he met with McDermott and for whatever reason, got sent home or went home on his own. Who knows? But the point was, Probably the biggest offseason narrative for the Buffalo Bills, certainly over the last couple of months since the draft for sure, was what's up with Stefan? How's he going to be? How's he going to act? And how are things going to play out when he has to be there for training camp? Well, from the first, first day of uh, training camp, Stefan looked great on the field. To me, maybe even more important than that, his press conference, one of the highlights for me of the entire Buffalo Bills training camp was Stefan Diggs having his press conference after that first practice. He sat there, he held court with reporters for 20, 30 minutes, solid 20, 30 minutes, didn't shy away from any questions, pretty much was grilled on a lot of stuff that happened during the offseason. He was, I, I felt he was very open. I felt he was very honest. I felt he was very authentic, uh, very sincere. And long story short, 
Stefan squashed that shit. He squashed it in one press conference the very first day of camp. So it was not something that would go on to linger about how Stefan really feels about this or that going into camp. Not a problem. Squashed right away. On the field, look, he's Stefan Diggs. He's one of the best, probably five receivers in the entire NFL. He's been with the Buffalo Bills for three full seasons. And he has quite literally had the best three seasons individually in the entire history of this franchise. He is uh, already an historical figure, an historical talent on this football team. He looks great at camp. He's catching everything. Some of the routes that he runs, God, you see some stuff on TV and you get appreciated to an extent, but sometimes you got to see your own eyes in person the way this guy just runs routes. It's unbelievable. There are a couple, and not even just his route running. There are a couple, in fact, two separate practices where Trey White was on him one-on-one. They were doing one-on-one drills, and Trey's got him blanketed in coverage. And it's just this little move on an out or a post or whatever it is, and his ability, and as hard as Josh Allen can throw the football, Stefan Diggs' ability to not get his hands up until quite literally the very last second, which makes that cornerback almost defenseless because they can't turn around and look at the football. They're kind of looking at Stefan and they're waiting for, you know, typically they'll look for a wide receiver to start to open his eyes. They get wide and you make a play with your hands on the football and then the defensive back will react. Well, Stefan Diggs, and I've seen this now in person multiple times as camp, he has mastered not getting his eyes big and not getting his hands up to the very last second, which is. Again, a great corner like Troy White, who, by the way, he's had a great training camp himself here, um, just makes it indefensible. So on the field, he's looked great. But what I love even more than that is his communication skills. You can see him and Josh every day. I've noticed every single practice I was at during camp, at some point during stretching, Josh and Stefan were stretching together and chatting it up. There were several times during camp where I saw Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, and Gabe Davis all off to the side talking, communicating, using body language to kind of go over things, uh, go over plays during camp. I love that. He, he's been uh, he's been hyped up. He beat one practice that I was at. He beat on a, on a quick slant during end zone work or goal line work. He beat uh, Teron Johnson for a touchdown. And he celebrated like, the, like they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I mean that affectionately. That's a good thing because that's his character. That's who he is. He's been jawing. Probably most mostly playfully, but probably, you know, some of it's serious with Kyrie Elam. That's been a, a fun part of, of camp to watch anyway. But I just, it, it's huge to me. I, he just, Stefan Diggs looks good. And to the eye, it certainly feels like he's in a very good place. He's very happy right now. Now, of course, when the bullets start flying, we'll see how things go down. We'll see how. Stefan handles it if the Bills, maybe they struggle out of the gate early or for whatever reason, and I don't see why it would happen if Josh is not getting him the football enough. Then we'll see maybe if his attitude changes. But again, this is a, a conversation and topics that I'm talking about based on training camp. And based on what I've seen at camp right now, you're just looking at a very, very, very happy, motivated, playful, and energetic Stefan Diggs. And I could not uh, be happier. Last point here. All right. So again, seeing five practices, probably the thing that I've noticed personally, and maybe this is just me, but that has stood out to me most compared to other camps, like even say last year's roster, I feel like the depth 
of this roster right now is superior compared to last year. And you've seen it through performances at practice um, during camp. And of course, on paper as well. Some of these aren't really surprising. You really don't necessarily need to watch training camp practice with your own eyes to draw these conclusions. But it certainly, it affirms and it strengthens how you feel about something when you see it on paper, when you actually get to watch it in person as well. Um, the wide receiver position, you know, so you, you look at who's, who's gone from last year, all right? So you have Cole Beasley. And again, forget the name. Let's talk about not Cole Beasley, the football player for his career. Let's talk about 2022 Cole Beasley. Had some production, but he was a shell of what he was as a player when he was great for the Bills and the Dallas Cowboys before that. Nothing against him. It's just what it is. Age catches up to you at some point, right? So anyway, you had 2022 Cole Beasley. You had 2022 John Brown, who minus a sensational long touchdown catch last year, was brought in late in the season, really didn't do much. Jamison Crowder, another name that the Bills signed as a free agent last year, didn't do anything. Started out slow, got hurt, basically season was over. And then Jay Kumaro, who is a very good special teams player, was getting some offensive snaps early in the season, especially when Gabe Davis had a, an injured ankle. But again, he got hurt too. So you look at that depth last year and what you got from that position, not a lot. And then I see at camp this year, the additions. I'm, I can't say this enough. I think Trent Sherfield is going to be a very good football player for the Bills. I don't know exactly what his usage is going to be. I suspect it might be a little slow to start out, but I think as the season wears on, you're, you're going to see him make plays and do things that are just going to make they're going to make Ken Dorsey need to have Trent Shurfield on the field more. I like him a lot. I've been super impressed with, with his hands at camp. We all know that he's a physical player. He's a good special teams player. But he's a lot more than a good special teams player. This guy could be a good football player. He was the third wide receiver last year for Miami. He did some nice things. I still remember that 75-yard slant for a touchdown against the 49ers. I remember that because I was betting on that game and that one play excited me. And then it all went downhill for Miami after that. But anyway, I like Sherfield a lot. His hands have impressed me at camp. Um, he had one of the best catches. I wasn't there for that practice. I believe it was this past Monday um, or Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't remember. But anyway, one of these last few days, he had probably the grip, the best catch of all training camp. I think he had a step on Teron Johnson and just made a sensational catch. I like him a lot. Um, I, he's going to be your primary boundary backup to Gabe and, and to Stefan, but I think you're going to see him play a lot in the slot. So anyway, you got Sherfield. You got Deontay Hardy, who is not without flaws. He's seen some drops. He, 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 you know, the comparison is Isaiah McKenzie, and it's a valid one. They're both tiny. They're both quick. They're both exciting when they got the football in their hands. They both have, uh, well, again, We've seen Isaiah do it during a regular season, whereas this is only training camp for Hardy. But I've seen Hardy drop a couple passes that he absolutely should have um, reeled in. He's going to be the primary kick returner. I'm almost positive of that. So anyway, I like him more than I like Isaiah McKenzie. Well, I like him more than what I saw from Isaiah McKenzie on the football field in 2022. Let me put it that way. And then um, the rookie. I don't think you're going to get much from Justin Shorter this year, but He's a big boy. I think he's going to develop. I think he'll have a role. I think he's going to make the 53-man roster. I think he's going to be a 
valuable special teams player right off the gate. And um, I think you might see some things from him later in the season. But anyway, wide receiver, Sherfield Hardy, shorter. I like that a lot better. Even though the other names are bigger, I like that better than 2022 Beasley, Brown, Kumro, and, and Jamison Crowder. At tight end, Quinton Morris goes from being your primary backup tight end last year, tight end two. Now he's tight end three, of course, because of Dalton Kincaid in the mix with Dawson Knox. So I think the depth is way better at tight end. And by the way, I probably should at least throw the name Jay Sternberger out there. He's had a pretty good camp for, didn't do too much, but I feel like he's had a pretty good camp for uh, the Buffalo Bills. The running backs. So last year you had Devin Singletary, kind of a mixed bag, how, how I felt about him. You know, really shifty. I uh, ran tougher than given credit for, but still wasn't that he wasn't what I wanted in a Buffalo Bills starting featured running back. Anyway, and you had James Cook and Naheem Hines as his backups last year. Well, once Zach Moss was traded, Zach Moss totally got traded, I should say. This year, I really like the Bills backup running backs a lot. So James Cook is the feature back, which I like. And I really like the combination of Damian Harris or Latavius Murray. I think both those guys are more physical. Again, the Bills aren't going to run the football more, but I their goal is to be more physical between bigger running backs, drafting a, a run-mauling type guard in Osiris Torrance in round two. The Bills want to run the football more effectively. I think Murray and Harris are the right guys for that job. And quite frankly, not to get off topic here, because again, this is about depth and I like the depth. This is a good problem to have. I, I think Latavius Murray is actually at some point, if not right away, I think at some point he's going to overtake Damian Harris. I think he offers a little bit more. I think he's a little bit better of a pass catcher. And he's just, he's so much bigger. I mean, when you see these three guys, a person at camp, Murray, um, Harris, and Cook, you really appreciate just how big Latavius Murray is. So I, I like the death better there. I like the death better on the offensive line, especially in the interior. David Edwards, uh, he signed with the Rams. He's not going to start because Connor McGovern's locked in there, I, I think. But I like David Edwards has had a really good camp. I thought he's one of the few interior guys that's had pretty good success in drills against like Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones. So I like David Edwards a lot. Brandon Shell from Miami, don't love him whatsoever at right tackle. But again, compared to last year, probably an upgrade because at least he's played in the NFL. He knows what it's like to be a starter too. So you got him backing up Spencer Brown. Ibacher's back from his Achilles. Quite frankly, I'm not sure how that's going to play out if he even makes this roster, but he's looked pretty good at camp. I thought he's had a good camp. So I, I think the offensive line depth is definitely better than it was a year ago. Let's not remember guys who were like uh, Ben Roden were playing critical snaps. I remember that Miami game. That really sucked. They had to see that. Plus, ultimately, I do think Ryan Bates is going to start the season at right guard. I think he's going to win the job over Torrance to begin the year. But I think ultimately Torrance is going to take over that position. And once he does, you got an ultimate depth guy and Ryan Bates, who could back up at center, either guard position or maybe even tackle. So I like the offensive depth, or the offensive line depth, I should say, much better. And then one other player, or two other things, too. Defensive line, Puna Ford, Leonard Floyd, head and shoulders above what they had last year. Not even so much about what they had last year. Like, it's not guys that they lost that they had a year ago. It's just additions to the defensive line that they did not have last year. Whether Von Miller's in the lineup or not, Leonard Floyd is going to play a lot of snaps, a lot of important snaps. The guys had nine sacks, three straight years. That's not easy to do in the NFL. And then I like Puna Ford a lot. And uh, I think he's a big upgrade to uh, Tim Settle. Although Tim Settle, again, I keep saying these guys have had good camps. Well, Tim Settle has had a good camp, but I still like Puna Ford more. 
And we saw last year in that Bengals game, Daquan Jones was injured, did not play, and that defensive line, the interior, was completely and utterly decimated without Daquan Jones. I feel better with this position if something happens with Daquan when Puna Ford is in the mix too. So much better depth to me on the defensive line. And then one other player, uh, safety Taylor Rapp. You know, Poy or <laughs> Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, they're healthy now. That's fantastic. And you can notice at camp, their usage has been slim by design, and it's the right move. In fact, Jordan Poyer's had two veteran rest days over the last week or so of camp. But last year, one of those guys go down, and Micah Hyde missed almost the whole season. Jordan Poyer was walking wounded. Let's not remember Jaquan Johnson. That was a disaster. Cam Lewis, who's still on this roster and probably won't make this roster because he's a versatile guy. Play a little bit of the outside, can play some safety, some slot, and he's really good on special teams. But anyway, he's not the guy I want there playing snaps at safety. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, pretty good during the season. I felt like before the injury against uh, Cincinnati, of course, felt like he started out really good, kind of hit a wall a little bit. But anyway, he's working himself back, trying to get back to 100%. We'll see how that plays out. But And then they even had D. Marlowe, who's still on this roster for now anyway. Um, he's back this year. He's just not the same player that he was a couple of years ago. Taylor Rapp can back up those positions. He can play that big slot. I think he might play some middle linebacker and some dime defenses where Milano's the only true linebacker. So I really like Taylor Rapp, that addition. And I think with him and Hamlin, a healthy Hamlin, and obviously the two healthy safeties, just the depth at that position to me, is much better. So the overall depth, I think, during training camp is really shining through compared to uh, a year ago. Real quick, then we're out of here. Two, I actually got two quick bonus things here. Gabe Davis, I think if you told, if you asked me, and some of you have, thank you. If you asked me who has been the MEP of Bill's training camp, I don't know that I would say Gabe Davis, but I would absolutely think about him and he would very much be in the mix for camp MVP. He looks fast. He's catching the ball training camp or not. He's catching the ball really well. He's running crisper routes. It seems than he ever has. And the high ankle sprain last year, it affected him physically early in the year. And I honestly, and I'm not making up excuses for the guy. I think it affected his confidence throughout the year. I think it was a lingering issue for him. And I think we saw that that the combination of what he did against Kansas City when he had four touchdowns at over 200 yards, maybe that just put the expectations to an unreasonable amount. Because the guy had like 800-some yards last year. Not elite for a number two wide receiver, but better than average. Anyway, he's looked fantastic in camp. His running, his route tree, his hands, he just looks like a guy who's in a contract year, by the way, who's ready to become what we all hope that Gabe Davis can be. So I'm very encouraged by what I've seen from him at camp. And then the last thing, and quite possibly, honestly, the most important thing, no serious injuries. We just got through a couple weeks of camp, and we've seen you know, Jalen Ramsey went down for the Dolphins in a non-contact injury right away. Garrett Wilson got banged up from the Jets, I think, in the first practice. The Bills were very lucky, and we're all – you know, a little bit shook last year still because of all the crazy injuries that happened to the Bills. So to get through training camp and not have anything significant happen, I know Damian Harris has a sore knee right now. 
Um, Ed Oliver's back's bothering him a little bit. He's missed a couple practices, but he's going to be all right. Stefan Diggs, there's been a couple scares, but, you know, uh, Cam Lewis, but nobody has suffered any significant injuries where a lot of time was missed. And it seems like it could be a problem going into the season. So that is a, a very good thing for uh, the Buffalo Bills. So anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. Again, my five favorite things about Buffalo Bills training camp. Thank you one more time. Please subscribe on YouTube, like, comment. It helps us continue to grow the show. I'm going to be doing, like I said, a couple of these, one or two for week per week with a solo episode. So kind of bear with me as I, as I get a little more used to this. But the meat and the potatoes of this podcast are always going to be conversations with guests. So you'll be having plenty of those as well. All right. A preseason game on Saturday, one to look forward to, which, by the way, the biggest reason why I wanted to drop this today is because these were camp observations and the Bills do have a preseason game on Saturday. So this shit's going to be old news by early next week, training camp. So I wanted to make sure to get this information out for you today. Next episode, we will be breaking down a preseason game. Can't wait. Lots of fun. Talk to you guys soon. Enjoy.